This is the Fantasy Ladder Podcast, episode 34. I'm your host, Steve, at Fantasy Ladder. This podcast is brought to you by the IDP Guys Network. So welcome back once again, my fantasy football friends and family. Let's climb the ladder of fantasy football together. So we are now officially at uh, halfway through the NFL season. Uh, it is just flying by, but it has been very exciting up to this point. But uh, we are going to continue with our matchups previews here uh, with a special guest, of course. I am in my unusual non-football uh, fashion choices here today, rooting for the Phillies. At this point, they are in the World Series, up two games to one. So. By next week, I will either be ecstatic that they're World Series champions or I'll be very sad that they had this awesome run but came up short. So we'll see how I'm feeling uh, next week. But um, without further ado, we're going to bring on our very special guest uh, today. His name is Dustin. You can find him on Twitter at the DUnit13, uh, not the Dunnit13, uh, <laughs> as uh, as Simon said on uh, Front Yard Fantasy during his appearance uh, yesterday. Um but speaking of that, Dustin here is on a little podcast guest tour. He is a writer for the QBList.com. So Dustin, uh, say a little bit about yourself and uh, what you got uh, coming out as far as content goes. Yeah, so I write for QBList.com. I'm our sit-start uh, manager, so I manage our sit-start team. Uh, so we have articles every Thursday come out where we cover every game, pretty much every player, and give you not just sit-starts, we give you a range of outcomes. So we'll say hey, this person is a QB one, and that means he's going to score 20 plus points. And where this guy's an R wide receiver three, that means 10 to 15 points for us. And we give you a, a range. So when we say this is a guy is this category, you can uh, project what kind of points you should get from him. So you can kind of judge your fantasy that way based on PPR. So that comes out every Thursday. Uh, you can check it out on my Twitter or the QBList.com's Twitter. So QBList.com, I believe, is or at QBList. Uh, is the Twitter. We post it on Reddit, and then we try to answer as many questions as we can. And uh, like Steve said, I'm on this podcasting uh, guest tour, so uh, I do birthday goals instead of New Year's resolutions. I do birthday resolutions. Mm. So just turned 40 back on October 13th, and uh, my resolution was to do 26 podcasts in the next year. Um, so really, it's one every other week was kind of what I was thinking. So trying to front load things now as the season's you know going strong, because offseason will probably slow down, and so thanks for having me on, Steve. It's uh, You're the last one I currently have booked. So if you're looking for a guest, hit me up on Twitter. Love to hop on and try to come on and spread some good fantasy knowledge and have some fun with people while we're at it. I love it. I love it. Well, how, how could you not want Dustin on your show? So if you're looking for a guest, hit up Dustin. He's he's fantastic. He, he'd be a great guest for your show. Uh, but but that is I really like the concept of of the birthday goal rather than a New Year's resolution, uh, because it, it seems like a little bit more personal to your growth rather than just like a year's worth of growth. Right. Because you're kind of building off of what you've done in previous years and things like that. So I really like that a lot. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did that start for you? It started a couple of years ago. I just realized like, like everyone I've made new year's resolutions and they just don't stick. Cause it's just something you do because you feel like you, it's something everyone does and you kind of make yeah. the same ones. And I think birthdays are again, that more personal milestone, like you said, and you can kind of set something that you want to see for that next year of your life. Right. Cause for me, January is three, almost four months into my birth, like that year. So it's like, it's just an arbitrary day at that point where there's no real, there's nothing. You're not really celebrating yourself and what you've, what you have accomplished in the previous year and what you, and where you want to see yourself go. So kind of set it up. I kind of set like, you know, two or three for myself. 
um you know some i make public some i don't just kind of like this is what i want to see for my my next year and go from there right and, and 40 for me was a big milestone right turning 40 is kind of a big deal i was kind of dreading it a little bit um <laughs> yeah. so i was like all right where do i see myself at 41 okay then how do i get there and what kind of goals do i want to set you know make sure they're attainable and all those sort of things but it was just something i started maybe five six years ago just kind of when you think about your life and where you want to be, you know, you get asked in interviews all the time, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. Well, where do I see myself in a year and how do I get there and what do I want to be and what's my goal? So I thought 26 was reasonable one every other week I thought was attainable. And uh, so, like you said, I was on front yard fantasy yesterday and I actually did another one on Sunday night, right after the bills game. Uh, so did three this week, kind of again, front loading uh, off season will slow down, then kind of ramp up the beginning of next season to finish out strong. So, I'm, I'm making good pace, so I think I'm doing fun. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun to connect with some other people in the community like yourself. Um, yeah. Get out there, share some knowledge, have some fun, discuss other fun things. I did uh, one where we talked movie posters and you know TV shows, <laughs> yeah. and I got one coming up where we're going to talk wrestling. Um, we're doing wrestlers <laughs> to fantasy football, like wrestling to football player comparisons, so that'll be oh, fun. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, so it's just great to connect with people and you know meet people in the fantasy football community because that's really what it's about. Like It's such a great community. And we interact with each other on Twitter and we ask these questions. But when you get on a podcast like this, you can interact and talk and face to face. And yes. you find that you have a lot more things in common. Like we were talking, I'm from Philadelphia originally, live in Madison, Wisconsin now. So like we grew up close to each other, you know, the same area. So you make those connections or we just wouldn't have known that ahead of time because it's just your bio is not out there on Twitter. It's just kind of a brief synopsis. So it's been a lot of fun. So if anybody wants to have me on, hit me up. I'd love to hop on and talk fantasy football, talk any kind of other nonsense you want to talk about. I'm, I'm, I'm game for all that. No, but I, I think uh, that there's definitely a lot of uh, truth to what you said. And for me, it just makes like the, the, the uh, Twitter interactions all the more meaningful when you actually yes. sit down and talk to people face to face. And it's not, not just like a logo or an avatar or, or a person's face. Yep. It's like, you know, it just, gives the interaction a lot more depth, a lot more meaning and, and all the more worthwhile as far as I'm concerned. So, so that's awesome. We definitely are on the uh, same page as far as that goes. That, that's and, awesome. And yeah. I'll say anybody out there that wants to get on podcast and doesn't know where to start. All I did was just reach out to podcast. I like, and I was like, Hey, if you're looking for a guest, I'd love to come on. And people are like, sure. And I'm like, okay, great. And start that conversation. Like, don't feel that you can't ask or feel that anybody's too big. Like worst they're going to say is no. Most likely they're going to say it a lot more politely. Um, but you just throw it out there. I've thrown it out on Twitter and I've had people respond. Um, you know, I've, I've reached out to people directly and just said, Hey, I, I love your podcast. Can I get on? And, you know, I've been on bigger ones. I've been on one that was just starting out that has like, you know, they have like under a hundred followers, but their podcast was lots of fun. And, it's just a great way to build a community. So just if you're looking to strive and you want to create content, just start creating it, whether that's writing articles, whether that's podcasts, just reach out to people you like in the, in the community and ask for advice or ask for you know help or ask for a guest spot on their podcast and see where it goes. Absolutely. No, I, I, that's great. I, I, I was, I was going to say, I did appreciate your, your boldness and just kind of putting yourself out there. Like, it's just, it's just not always easy to do that kind of thing. But I do think that uh, people in the community are very receptive and, and are more open mm. than, than maybe they put off in the uh, cockiness of their tweets or whatever sometimes, <laughs> you know, but, but at the end of the day, I think everyone has, has a, very human side to them you know so it's just a matter of reaching out and they, like you said they say no they say no if they say yes well even better you know so and everyone yeah. started somewhere and right everyone's gone from having no followers to having whatever the followers they have now and yeah 
I don't personally don't have time to do my own podcast full time. I mean, I guess I probably could, but I find this a lot more enjoyable. But I'm sure for you, it's like getting guests is not always easy, right? And sometimes you forget and you get in a pinch. And it's nice if someone sounds like, "Hey, I want to be on." You're like, "Okay, great. That saves me work." <laughs> so I, I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed with with, with the options, right? Because yes. like we are part of this very big group of people, and I would love to have a whole handful of people. Mm -hmm. So like, well, sometimes my, my brain just gets like scattered and I'm like, Oh, this specific person wants to be on. Let's start there. You know, that's, that's there, great. Yeah. yeah. So well, this is, this has been fantastic so far. It's only going to get even better as we get into the lovely right. uh, fantasy football talk here. But uh, speaking of that, uh, I am just curious uh, one, how long have you been playing fantasy football and two, what's your favorite way to play fantasy football? So I've been playing fantasy football probably about 25 years. Uh, like okay. I said, I just turned 40. I have a family league that started back when I was a teenager. Um, that's still going. We've, you know, it's a very basic uh, league still on Yahoo. Uh, still doesn't have decimal scoring. Uh, it's, oh, one, it's, it's one running back. It's super wonky. We oh, fluctuate teams. We go from 10 teams to 12 teams. One year we had 14 because, you know, my uncle got married and he, his new wife had two kids and they wanted to get in. Then they got divorced. So they were out. So it's been back and forth. We have a good solid group. You know, it's me, my mom, my stepdad, my brother, my sister, two uncles, a uh, bunch of cousins now. Uh, <laughs> nephew is in there who's like 15. So it's great. It's a lot of fun. Been doing that. Uh, so about 25 years. I used to play in a ton of leagues. I used to be in seven, eight a year. Got married, you know, realized I need to balance out some time. So I'm in about two every year um oh two, good okay well i'm in two i do have a couple like just random ones that i'm in uh you know like we'll do a fun league on the website for qb list like uh we do a, a guillotine league which i was the first one out this year so that's now off my plate um <laughs> do the scott fishbowl tournament just because you know it's kind of one of those things you do um, but i have two that i really care about two dynasty leagues um which i think are my preferred but i actually think i prefer keeper leagues i was mm -hmm. in a keeper league for a long time um i love trading is my heartbeat of fantasy i guess i will trade all day every day the best year i ever had in in that keeper league was i had won the year before and i had traded some future assets to assets to win and the next year i knew it was gonna be bad so i just drafted real low keeper values and made a ton of trades was actually headed into the next year with six picks in the first two rounds oh my and i had like oh no i had 12 picks in two rounds i had six picks in the first like I think eight, yeah, 12 picks or something like that. It was just, I had a crazy amount of picks so much so that the league actually voted to restart. Cause they just thought I was going to be too overwhelmingly good. So oh eventually left that link through some other drama, but yeah, it was just, but that was the most fun I've ever had. I was, I won like two games, but I just traded left and right. I pulled off a three-way trade that year, which is super hard to do. It was just a lot of fun. I love that concept of like wheeling and dealing and finding people's weaknesses and my strengths and, you know, making those trades. So I love that. I love that about dynasty that that's all year. Um, but I think keeper league has that aspect, but allows some of the better players to get back into that draft pool every year. So you can pick up the guys who might just have a one year, you know, good year who you can pick up, you know, in the first couple rounds. So my preferred setting would be three keepers, you know, 10 to 12 teams uh, where the keepers go up in value, probably a round or two every year um, allows you to trade picks, allows you to trade players, you know, and this way, the top top two guys, top two rounds are going back in the draft pool every year, um, which you can draft guys late. So I drafted James Conner in the 19th round, the year that Lev Bell sat out. And I kept oh, him for three gosh. years. Yeah. Just knowing that it was a possibility, right? Drafted him, kept him for three years, traded him, who's someone else who has then kept him for three years and is just now, like last year, put him back in the draft pool. So, you know, getting guys like Odell Beckham, 
super late, like in the 17th round, his rookie year, sitting on him for a while. Uh, I notorious for drafting rookie quarterbacks in that last round just to set their keeper cost, dropping oh, yeah. them, then picking them up mid season, keeping their draft costs low, and knowing they'll start the next year. So it allows you to play that long game that the long strategy that you get from Dynasty, but also kind of that redraft. It's a good mix of both. So keepers are my preferred, but I'm only only in Dynasty leagues right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I've been pretty. I mean, I asked the same questions every guest and i've been just consistently saying that that my preferred is actually keeper as well because it is a mix of both worlds where you can have the long term but also keep things fresh year over year it's just a great blend of the two that's great uh yeah that, that, that's an awesome answer and then uh assuming favorite nfl team is the bills as we see all the bills things all back the bills there. Stuff, yes i love that so shout this out this is the actually my starter jacket from when i was in when i was in high school when i'm junior high that's my started Whoa. jacket from the 90s it's my my one i had that I wore is almost, legit i wore it every day it actually yeah. has my name sewn in the top up there because me and my sister are the same one uh that's you can see the wear and tear that's a legit my jacket from the 90s oh that is that is beautiful oh my gosh Fantastic. doesn't fit anymore but it's i still have it oh no my, i mean yeah my jim kelly jersey's back there and uh you know i've got a bunch of other jerseys lying around i just got a dawson knox and a josh allen one for my birthday gotcha awesome i love that now, uh, do you have a favorite college team? Yes, I'm a Michigan fan. Um, okay. My dad, my dad is from Detroit. Um, all was highly considering going to Michigan for college. End up not going. Went to a small Christian college instead. But I will go blue uh, for college most of the time. Don't get to watch a ton of college football or college sports as much as I want. Uh, with being Sundays being pretty much taken up for NFL, I try to spend family time on Saturdays. But I'll put it on in the background if we're doing stuff around the house and. You know, keep keep gotcha. up on it on on Mondays to see how they're doing. Obviously, Michigan's pretty good right now, so just want to beat Ohio State again this year, and then I'll be happy. Yeah. And we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. So, I, as a Penn State fan and yep. an alum, you know that, that that's my other hat that I that I uh, that I rotate through. Uh, yeah. That 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 uh, that the Michigan game from a couple weeks ago. My goodness, that they just absolutely put the hammer down. It was it was unbelievable. But um, yeah, just. The, the two games that, that are always on our radar as, as Penn State fans is Michigan and Ohio State in this yep. year. Both both it didn't go the way we wanted, but, uh, you know, pretty much the, 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 the same old story. But uh, that's really awesome. So less than 10 leagues or so, you said like, a, like less than five even. The, the, the I play in, in basically, th- basically this year I'm in three. So I got my two dynasty, okay. my family league, and then I have that's right. okay. Scott Fishbowl. So, which I don't really count as a league. It's set it and forget it for the most part. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so you don't really have uh, too much like tinkering to, to go through throughout the week then. So that, that that's actually is really nice. Yeah, it is. But obviously as a sit start manager, I write uh, at least two sit start articles. I did three this week. So literally today I picked up the last one we need to cover. So I picked up Tennessee, Kansas city um, as a game. So, you know, that takes a good chunk of my Monday, Tuesdays, because we have to have them in by Wednesday so they can be published Thursday morning. So uh, still looking into all that stuff. You know, I try to set my lineups, you know, Tuesday morning, get waivers in and then forget it. Spend Tuesday night writing Monday. I Usually I write during the Monday night game. Um, oh, yeah, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday after work, it's, you know, finishing end up lineups, checking all the stuff, getting it ready, getting that post ready to go um, and then working on some other stuff. So I do write a Dynasty article that comes out every month. Um, so work on that in, you know, in between. So working on November's right now. And then like I did the, I did our website's, uh, trade deadline winners and losers. So we published it Tuesday afternoon at noon, 
five minutes later, the Hawkinson trade went through. So I had to go back and add some bits in. And then it was just nonstop from there. And I was on Front Yard <laughs> Fantasy. So I got to that. I was just constantly sending more stuff and just updating the article left and right. So I keep oh, pretty man. busy with that stuff. So I yeah. don't need a lot of lineup tinkering. I got enough stuff going on. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, th- th- I think that's, that's a very healthy balance. You know, like I, I play in more than 20 leagues this year and they're all and-, and-, and none of them are best ball. So sometimes Sunday mornings can get pretty intense, you know, uh, but I try to just keep like a like a feel on like where like the real questionable players are like if they're like kind of banged up or whatever. Uh, but I have them like listed in like a, in like of like a uh, importance priority. You know yeah. what I mean? Like some just mean a little bit more than others, you know, like home leagues or, or prize leagues, you know, but um, so I, I will make sure that I get around to checking those, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to ever leave an, an online, uh, a, a lineup unchecked, you know, but just some just do matter more than others, to be honest, but that's the way it I think is, I yeah. may need to scale back a little bit because it does get a little bit ridiculous. It takes like a half an hour just to go through. It's just, it's, it's just too much, but that's, I really I think that's do the nature it, of but... fantasy, right? You get in a few yeah. leagues, you love it. You get kind of hooked into fantasy. Yep. You generally start out and redraft and someone's like, join our keeper, join this dynasty. And then you get more and more, and then you get to the point where it balloons up where I was in eight to 10 leagues. And I was like, all right, I need to cut back because I'm just spending way too much time. I was spending, you know, an hour doing waivers on Tuesdays and then, yep. you know, an hour Wednesday morning checking to see who I got, making, you know, more pickups after that. And then, right, setting my lineups and then rechecking the lineup Saturday night, Sunday morning. So I agree with you. I try to get up in the morning, know who my questionable players are, generally just take them out if I'm going to be busy Sunday morning. Uh, I have a pretty good Sunday routine, so it's not too bad. So, um, kind of go from there, but yeah, I, I can't do too many leagues anymore. I think it's just too much for me at this point. Yeah, no, um, for sure. I, and then and that, that's what, then that, that is what uh, has ended up happening since joining like, like the fantasy, uh, football community uh you, you meet people you want to play in leagues with them and then you meet more people you can play leagues with them and it's like it, it has just really stockpiled i, I may need to <laughs> i need to try to find a way to to escape some some of these uh leagues that, that that i find myself in but either way um i think you found a very healthy balance uh to it all so so that's really good uh something for me to to to, to try to strive for speaking of uh birthday goals you know so i might have to uh figure that out but but here we are uh we are looking at week nine of of nfl action we have just a ton of teams on by so i'm just gonna rattle those off and then uh dustin and i are gonna preview that the uh primetime games and then uh handle some listener uh start sick questions um but yeah so just starting with the teams on by we had the cleveland browns dallas cowboys the denver broncos new york giants pittsburgh steelers and the san francisco 49ers so uh Anytime there's this many teams on by, it really makes for a lot of very sort of uh, questionable start sit options across the scope of the league. Uh, you may have to start some players who you would never leave, who you would never normally start um, on a typical week. So uh, definitely diminishes the the options and makes it all the more scarce. But Starting things off on Thursday night football, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Houston Texans. Just it's just Philadelphia against Houston all week <laughs> long for me. But um, yeah, so we got the Eagles at the Texans. Texans uh, will not have Nico Collins. Um, Brandon Cooks is, is already questionable at this point, but with not a lot of time to kind of get to get that figured out. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, th- this seems like even if you have Damian Pierce, you you have you basically have to start him. Although it may 
be kind of ugly. Um, what are your thoughts on the Texans here? Are you really starting anyone outside of uh, Pierce? Uh, even Pierce, I'm hesitant to start. I would start Brevin Jordan, the tight end. Um, they're going to need someone to soak up targets. Uh, Philly is 18th, giving up the 18th most points to tight end. So someone with no Nico Collins, possibly no Brandon Cooks. Someone needs to catch passes there. He doesn't have you know Darius Slay in the other corners covering him. He's going to get a linebacker. So should see some decent coverage. Um, so I'm okay starting him. Pierce, you're probably in a good spot with him where you probably either got him late in drafts or off waivers, and you probably have other running backs that you could start. Um, so if you have that option to bench him, I might be looking at it because Philly does have a good defense. The run defense isn't great, but you know, he's possibly a sit for me. I think he's a low end RB two this week. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, what do you think about, uh, Rex Burkhead this week? Like, do do you think he could, uh, take a bunch of targets in this game or is he just, just like a non-factor in this one for you? I do. And that's partially also why I might bench Damian Pierce because, the Texans are probably going to be playing from behind. So they're going to have to pass. And yes, Pierce has been involved, but Rex Burkhead is the main passing weapon. So if they're full on passing going into the third quarter, coming out of half, Damian Pierce could see a lot less volume. Yeah, and I, I do think it is um, a very likely uh, scenario to just with how the, the Eagles offense has played up to this point, especially last week against the, the uh, Steelers. Um, you know, they, they got a big lead and they just kept um, like, putting their foot on the gas and stuff. So, so they really didn't let up, but I am curious like how this is going to go on, on the Eagles side of the ball. I'm tempted to say, start all your Eagles, but I mean, um, they, they may come out pretty hot in the first half and then they might just kind of run the ball a lot in, in the second half. But obviously I'd be starting Jalen hurts, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. Uh, now in the, third fourth quarter if they have this big lead i mean it might just be like the boston scott show it might be like the kenneth gainwell show i'm not so sure uh thoughts on on, on the eagles here i mean i've been a Miles sanders truther all off season <laughs> um you have to fire him up this this week absolutely uh, they're giving up the uh, the most points to running backs right now he's a huge start i might sit dallas goddard uh they're giving up okay. the 11th fewest points to tight ends okay um, and if they get up, there's no need to pass to him. Like they could, right? They're going to bomb it out to AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. And then I think they're going to get up. And we could see the second half of the game be run heavy, a lot of Miles Sanders, and then Boston Scott get in. So Goddard might see a low target volume given the, t- the tougher matchup. I mean, it's not a hugely tough, but 11, 11th fewest points is still pretty good for a defense. The rest of their defense is just trash and they can't score points. So Eagles should be up early and then have to run the ball more. So I'm starting Sanders. I do think he's going to get phased out as they have a huge lead going into the third and fourth quarter. But I like Sanders a lot this week and I've loved him all season. I planted my flag on him on the show I did on Sunday night as rest of the season. I think he's a solid RB1 rest of the season for fantasy. I love that. Yeah, so it's interesting with with, with Goddard. Uh, you, you hope he, he gets his production in that first half, you know, because it might, he just, his services just may not be needed in the second half on on, on the short week and everything else. So that'll be a very interesting game uh, for sure. Yeah. With, with tight ends, I'm looking for someone who's the number two target on a team and he's not, he's the three. Um, So I think if you could pivot to someone who's going to be the one or two, right. That's why I like Revan Jordan. He's clearly the one, if not the two on that team, if Brandon cooks plays, he's the second option. Uh, That's why I like guys like, Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. He's the number two target on that team. 
Uh, so you can find value there where if you hope Goddard gets it early, but if he doesn't, there's probably no need for him later, and he's not going to be that involved early, but you're hoping he gets a touchdown in four receptions. Gotcha. No, I, I really love that, that thought process. Uh, moving on to Sunday night football, um, maybe several months ago, this may have been more of a exciting matchup with the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs side of the ball, you're still very happy about that. But the Titans outside of Derrick Henry, I, I'm just not sure if there's really any fantasy football viable options in this matchup. I've uh, been very disappointed with 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 um, what um, Robert Woods has has played like, uh, especially with um, Traylon Burks out. Um, a very bizarre game on Sunday with with Willis, uh, the rookie, uh, getting the start, but only have but only passing for 55 yards uh, and with an interception. So just a total nightmare of a game. But uh, it was just the Derrick Henry show. So outside of him, I'm not sure what to do with, with guys in this offense. Yeah, I mean, so Tannehill had an ankle injury and an illness theoretically over the illness. Uh, so I put in my sit start article this week. I said Tannehill should be over the illness. Malik Willis got the start and he made me ill watching him. Um, <laughs> and everybody yeah. just laughed on the website about that. I'm not saying I would start Malik Willis, but there are some things that make you look that make it look good. They are giving up the third most points to quarterbacks and the fifth most most points to running backs. So Willis does have that rushing upside. So it's theoretically good matchups. I'm still sitting him, but if you needed a dart throw, maybe in like a, a DFS lineup, he's not a bad dart throw. He's probably going to be super cheap. Um, Derrick Henry does have a, I believe it's an injury. I think it's an ankle or something, some sort of lower body injury. So maybe take a dart throw on Dontel Hilliard. Um, and I, I agree. Robert Woods is not great. He's going to get Legeria Sneed probably most of the time. Now Sneed does cover the slot. Woods does line up like 30, 40% in the slot. So Nick Westbrook-Akine, still going to see probably Darius Slayer. Like he's not going to see Darius Slayer and those guys. He's going to see probably weak coverage, but he could be something. But that volume of passing has to go above 10, which is what it was last week. Even with Tannehill, it was not great. So they're probably going to throw the ball 20 times, maybe. Um, so you're hoping maybe he gets in. So maybe if, you, if you're desperate, 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 or playing DFS, they might be good cheap dart throws. But... Other than that, I mean, you got to monitor Derrick Henry. If Henry's out, I'm definitely probably going to roll out Hilliard as a flex in regular leagues, definitely in DFS, because, again, it's a great fifth most points to running backs. He had a great week last week. Henry had 200 and some yards. Hilliard had eight carries for like 80 yards. He was averaging 10 yards a carry. Looked okay. really good in relief. So he might be someone to monitor if Henry's out. And he's probably still on your waivers at this point. He's probably still out there for free. Yep. And had the the two touchdown uh, catches in week one. So, so, yep. you know, that's part of his game, that's not always utilized game. in that way, but against the chiefs, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about like Rex Burkhead being interesting against the Eagles that that, that, that could be Hilliard against the chiefs. Absolutely. So I, right. I love and that. If, there. And if Henry starts and he's not hundred percent, they may roll Hilliard out there 12 times. Now Henry got 32 carries last week. That's all yeah. a crazy number. The record is 45, by the way, I looked it up last week, watching the game. Had he gotten Hilliards, he probably oh would have come close to the record. Yeah, <laughs> which had, it happened back in like the 60s. Like it was not anytime recently. <laughs> yeah. But um, so if they get a they're never going to have the lead, most likely. But if if they're close, they may roll Hilliard out there more, especially early to kind of save Henry for end of game. So H Hilliard could get 10 plus carries. And if he's efficient on them, he's not going to be 10 yards per carry, but he could be five, six yards 
a carry, that's going to be decent yardage. And right, he can catch passes, so that's that's available to him. It's just to see if it's Willis and he throws more than 10 times, maybe it's decent. And that's why I think Willis might be a decent DFS throw with his rushing upside. And if he can pass for 20 times, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, it's very interesting. So I think a lot of people are definitely going to pivot away from Willis because of the poor the poor performance of last week. So it's definitely a very interesting uh, strategy in, 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 in that DFS realm, uh, for sure. I mean, if you just look at the matchup, you go third against quarterbacks, fifth against running backs, a rushing quarterback. Theoretically, that matchup screams start me. But because Willis looked so bad last week, it scares you off. But if imagine yeah. this was Jalen Hurts going to get them, you'd be like, he's the quarterback one. If it was Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, even Mahomes, if he was going up against his own defense, like that matchup screams start me for any rushing quarterback. Willis has just struggled so much that he's going to be, he's going to scare a lot of people off. But I think he'll have a decent day. I'm expecting. I'm going to say, I'll say under 17 points, but I think it'll be above 12. So I'm saying 12 to 17 points for Malik Willis this week. You know, uh, four passing touchdowns, you know, four points for passing touchdowns. So that's what I'm calling right now. Maybe I'll have to tweet that out so I can get lambasted by dynasty or fantasy receipts on Twitter. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the old mix of keeping people accountable, but you know, Mm -hmm. Sometimes not always going about it the best way, as far as I'm concerned. But well, now there's a fantasy receipts for fantasy receipts. I don't know if you that's right. For receipts that's right. now. Yes. Yeah. Then all the uh, uh, all the other ones that are propping up the good calls. It's like, oh, it's just it's so exhausting. But yeah, it's just it it's insane. <laughs> but um, yeah, like the one thing they, they did that just like I just thought it was in like really odd taste was um, they were kind of they trashed someone's take about Kenneth Walker the day Rashad Penny broke his leg. Yes. Like obviously now that that whole thought process is going to be different because the Seattle offense is actually decent and Walker has, and now he has nothing but opportunity. So that, that, that one to me was like a little bit cheap, but it's just like, I I don't know. I I really don't tweet out a lot of takes in general. So you're not going to see me like on there. I try to keep it on like my content, but yeah, I don't either, but I had my article got, you know, mentioned in another article and they actually followed me last weekend. So I was like, I guess I've made it as a fantasy analyst. Now they're following me and actually keep me track. I don't understand where receipts became only bad takes. Like, why can't we have good receipts? Like, why can't we like do both? Not bash people for their bad takes, but like, Hey, here's a bad take and a bad process, right? right? But here's also a good take with good process. So I did a podcast with a guy, and he had done 25, what he called Dynasty Diamonds, and he actually asked me to come on and give him three that he got wrong and three that he got right. Mm. And it was great because I was like, hey, you got this wrong, and I went through it. I was like, I listened to it, and here are, here's the, the step in your process where I think you got it wrong, right? And helped him, I guess, learn on some level to make his process better. And that's where I think we need to be as a fantasy community when it comes to accountability. It's not just going... Oh, you were wrong. Don't listen to this guy because he was wrong. It's, hey, you were wrong, and here's maybe where you got it wrong. Here's maybe where you misstepped in your process, or here's something you can add to your process to be better. But also, hey, here's a take that you got right, and this is why you got it right, and this is where, hey, you maybe fantasy fans, you should listen to this guy because he got this one take right. We're not going to be 100%, right? We're going to get things wrong. Right. I think we need to have that balance of both. I do like some accountability where we say, hey, this guy's gotten the past 10 takes wrong, you know, because he just fires out hot takes left and right. Yeah. 
and I'll never really bash anybody if they at least show me their their process, right? It may be bad process, but I still want to see it. I hate it when people just throw out a take and there's no process because if you can at least show me your logic, I can at least either follow it or refute that. When you just go, this guy's gonna blow up, and you don't tell me why, I can't I can't get behind it because I have no clue why. So that's always right. been my thing. Like if whatever I say, I want at least back that up with some sort of process. And at least people go, okay, yeah, I like that process, or I don't, and they can they make their judgment from there. And they can go, okay, I don't like this process, but I like this process better, and then apply it to their to that player. So we got on this tangent of accountability. I think it's great, but I think it also has just gone too far. Now we got these trolls who are just bashing guys. Um, so what Josh Larkey, I think, had a big brouhaha. Props mm-hmm. for Josh for handling that really well. Um, I, I think, you know, what he got bashed for, like, right, Josh is kind of that, corny like that's his shtick right like he's this over exaggerated you know movement guy and he knows that and he plays it up now but that's his thing like but he's still giving you good process he's just doing it in a kind of goofy corny way but he's still giving you good content like good process if you were just if you were to just listen and not watch you would hear good process but i think people get lost in his over exaggerations and they go well he's just a, he's a goofball who I mean, you can't take him seriously it's like no he actually is giving you so josh if you're watching this props to you for the way you've handled it i like your take so keep it going man that's funny the one uh the the one um um take that that, that i brought up about kenneth walker was a a video of josh's yeah. and they commented on the video of his that was made back in like may you know, and they said, uh, you sure about this now or something? But it was like literally hours after like the Rashad Penny injury happened. I was like, OK, this is just obviously cherry picked and just like ridiculous. But I think my initial issue with it is like it is not constructive feedback. It no, is it's just not. It's completely just it's just completely bashing, just deconstruction. I just would rather be in an environment that's building people up. You know, like if you're going to call people out on their stuff, at least offer how they can improve rather than just point it out. And like, I don't know. I, I just think a lot of it, it's in bad taste, but apparently uh, other people just think it is just for fun and they deserve it. You know, all this stuff. I just, I just don't like to think about it that way, but yeah. It drives me yeah crazy. If I ever comment on someone's take, it's always like, Hey, I get what you're saying, but this is why I think you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, so Luke Saulhook got lambasted for his Malik Willis take. Cause he listed, he was going to start Malik Willis over like 20 quarterbacks. And I just commented, I was like, I get what you're saying, but we haven't seen it. It's a tough matchup. And they have Derrick Henry. And then even afterwards, he's like, I was wrong. And I was like, yeah, this is where I think you got it wrong. You didn't realize they were going to just rely on Derrick Henry, you know? And because and, I told him, I had mentioned there, like, and that prompted me to tweet out my Malik Willis. Hey, so it was like, hey, he's going to throw under 200 yards, under 50 yards rushing, maybe one one score, and then at least at least one turnover, right? I said under 15 points is what I said for Malik Willis. Now, mm. I ended up being super right. He scored like under two. Right. Scored more than, you know, Derrick Carr, which is great. Um <laughs> But it was like, you know, Luke, <laughs> but like Luke's, Luke's like learning. Like he was like, he took this super bold stance and maybe took too far, but it's like, Hey man, this is where I think you messed up. And it's right. I'm trying to be constructive. Like, Hey, this is where I think you should look. And he, and he admitted, he was like, yeah, I didn't realize they'd run a Derek and Henry so much. And had I looked at previous games, I would have done this. So Luke is Luke learned from that. And then yeah. that's where we all need to grow and learn. Like, Hey, I got this wrong. What did I miss? What can I learn? Cause we do have people who just look at stats. We have people who just watch game film. I think it's this combination of all these things, using the analytics, using all these advanced metrics. So we all just have to continue to learn and grow and, and be better, right? We're never going to be a hundred percent, but I think as long as you have good process, I think you're on the right track. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So th that does it for the Titans. Now, of course, they're going up against the Chiefs. Now, in this one, I think that there's some pretty obvious starts, right? Like, obviously, you're starting Patrick Mahomes. You're starting Travis Kelsey. I even think that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster at this point oh, is yeah. pretty much a a, a lock to, to be a starter. One situation that I'm very curious about, uh, at least for, for this week, is is Kadarius Toney. Obviously, he was brought over uh, from the Giants. Uh, I'm just wondering if he will even be active, and if he is, what kind of usage he'll get. So that's like one big thing I'm looking for. But another question mark that just kind of lingers on this team is, is the running backs and how they will be utilized as well. Um, I think... Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is potentially a, a flex play um, against the Titans. Um, I'm not sure about um, Pacheco at Deco. this point. You, you have any uh, feeling on the uh, on the running back group there? So doing this right up today, I looked into it heavily. I agree with you. I'm sitting Ceh, but if I had to pick one, he's the one I'm starting. They Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Isaiah Pacheco. And Jared McKinnon all have very specific roles, and so they're used in different situations. But it does yeah. seem like CEH is the main guy to start. Yes, Pacheco was named the starter and technically had more carries, but only one more carry and only like four more snaps than CEH. It seems like CEH is the main guy getting the goal line work, and then when they're up, they switch to Pacheco. When they're down, they switch to McKinnon. Yeah. So. I think they'll be up, so Pacheco maybe has that volume, but he wasn't super great last week. And because they're both getting, I think I looked up. There's, I think there's only three games in which any of them had like a ton of snaps. It's just not. There's just no volume there for any of them because all three of them have very specific roles. It's not like one guy comes in and spells the other. It's we're going to use this guy in this situation, this guy in this situation, and it's just super independent. So because there's three of them, they just kind of vulture each other for opportunities. So I'm sitting them. Uh, now, Tennessee's given up the 10th fewest points to running backs. Um, so not a great matchup in general, even if there was like a bell cow or a heavy split there. Um, so I'm benching CEH, but I think he could be a flex play, which for me, when, on our website, flex plays anywhere from 6 to 10 points. So in PPR League. Yeah. So I think he's going to get 7, 8 points. Like maybe he gets a touchdown, he gets 11, 12. Um, but I'm not super confident in him. I agree with you. Juju is a huge must start for me this week. He scored in the past two games. They're coming off the bye, um, so they're going to game plan for it. Uh, they're giving up the six most points to wide receivers, so really great for Juju. I do think Tony gets mixed in a little bit. Don't know how much, though, and I think he's, <laughs> he's healthy now all of a sudden because he got traded, but yeah. they did get the bye week. He's taking that McCole Hardman role. And Michael Horman was seeing 60% of the snaps, so they're probably going to split. So 30% of the snaps for each is not great. Yeah. I I am just very – I've been intrigued by by Tony. I mean, I, I, you know, since he was at Florida, just a very unique, like, shifty kind of a player, you know. And, I mean, I think this is a much better, <laughs> like, situation for him with Mahomes, obviously. obviously. So I am just very, very intrigued to see um, – what can happen there uh, with with uh, Mahomes throwing him the ball? So we'll have to see if we can see some of that this week, or if, or if we'll have to wait another week. Yeah, I don't um, think you can start him. I think he's still going to be right. It's Kelsey's right. the number one option. Juju's number two. MVS is probably three. Then it's like Tony McCall Hartman are battling for a fourth. Maybe they get into third in a couple weeks. So again, right. not high on that list of priorities for passing options. So. It's a wait and see. I mean, I agree with you. It's a huge 
better opportunity for him getting away from the Giants. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Definitely. Then uh, going on to Monday night football, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, on the Ravens side of the ball, um, basically as long as Mark Andrews is active, I think you have to put him in your lineup, even though I think um, Isaiah Likely is a very intriguing option. Even if Andrews does enter the game uh, questionable, I'm just I'm not uh, particularly... Um, you know, thrilled with, with, with the pass catching options as far as the wide receivers go. So I, I really don't know why, like Isaiah likely couldn't be second in that team in targets. Um, if, you know, he, he gets utilized the way I, I think he could uh, obviously makes it, he gets a big bump if Andrews is out, but I'm just like, I'm just like, if, if Andrews is active, I, I, I just feel like obligated to start him, but it is Monday night. So if you don't think you can risk that, you know, if, if you want to stream someone else, it's a tough call to make, but I, I would probably would hold out for him. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure how, how you feel about that. Yeah, I would hold out for Andrews. Good news is if you need to pivot on the other side of the ball, you have Jawan Johnson, who's probably available. Right. Yep. Taysom Hill, maybe. And then you still have Adam Trauman, which isn't a great option. And then I likely could be available as well. So you have some options. Um, you may be able to still get one of the running. Well, you probably wouldn't be able to get a running back to, in that spot. Cause he's probably in your tight end spot unless you're flexing him. Um, so you have Jawan Johnson, you have Tyreek, you have Adam Trotman and likely who you could slot in there. If Andrews doesn't go, um, if Andrews can't go, I'm not a huge fan of likely, uh, to be honest with you, uh, okay. they're giving up the third fewest points to the tight end. Um, oh, okay. Really good against tight ends. I think Devin Duvernay is a must start this week. No Bateman. Okay. Possibly, oh, sure. no yep. and- possibly no Andrews. Even if Andrews plays like he's the main guy there, he's he's electric with the ball. He's fast. He's just that difference maker. They've been really good about getting in the ball on jet sweeps and those short screens. Um, so I like him this week a lot. Giving up um, eighth most points to the wide receiver. So real good matchup for Duvernay. So I like that. So if no Andrews, I think likely you might just have to start him because you don't have another option because it is Monday night. Um, I would start, I would start likely probably over Jawan Johnson, not over Taysom Hill and definitely over Adam Troutman, who's barely playing. So if I was, if I had Andrews and I had to pivot, it would go Taysom likely Jawan Johnson, then Adam Troutman, a distant fourth. I got, I gotcha. Yeah. I like that thought process uh, for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, stinking Bateman is out again. It's horrible. You know, I just, you just hope he comes back again. I can, you can see his potential, um, you know, be, you know, um, what's the word, um, uh, realized you know but uh, it's like man it's just, it's just been tough i mean he he's flashed but he just hasn't gotten the volume has done well with a little bit of volume he's gotten when he's healthy but that just hasn't been often this year yes. it's a tough scene uh now on the same side of the ball it's looking like andy dalton is going to be starting again uh which is i mean they they are playing decently well with him you know but i i just would prefer to see uh Jameis out there for like fantasy purposes, but outside of Alvin Kamara and Chris Alave, they are our starter options uh, for me. Um, as Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas are still questionable to maybe even 
I'm not sure ever play again. They may never not even play again. But uh, yeah, it's been a very frustrating uh, time if you've had them on your on, on your roster. But outside of Alave and Kamara, I'm not really sure about any other Saints unless you need to stream like, like a Jawan Johnson or, or a Taysom Hill uh, there. Um, any other thoughts on, on the Saints? Uh, I mean, Taysom Hill is a tough one. So Baltimore is 17th um, most... Uh, to the running back, they're 16 to the tight end and eighth to quarterback. So depending on what you think Taysom Hill is, it's a fairly decent matchup. I'm happy Andy Dalton starting this week, and I'll tell you why. It's a week where we have six teams on a bye, right? So lots of question marks anyway. Plus, it's the week after the trade deadline. So you got guys like Hawkinson and all these guys on new teams where they're also throwing in extra question marks. We have enough examples of what Andy Dalton is that you know what you're going to get from Andy Dalton and Chris Olave. If it was Jameis Winston, we just don't know what that looks like. And that would just right. create more question marks. So at least you can go into the game going, okay, I've got Chris Olave, fire him up. I know what he's going to get with Andy Dalton. Baltimore's given up the fourth most points to wide receivers. So you have this, you have what, six games of Andy Dalton going, this is what I know Andy Dalton is. If we get Jameis Winston, you go, I think this is what it is. I have a game and a half or two games with him we just don't know and i don't want more question marks this week there's already enough with six teams out and being after the trade deadline i don't understand what they're doing with the scheduling because one week we had two bye weeks now we have six and i think they should just have none the week after the trade deadline would be mm. the smartest thing because there is some unfair advantage like you trade for a guy and now you're on a bye and you get that extra week i just prefer like we have none week 13 but then some week 14 or none week 12 and then some 13 there's some weird off week like just make that the week after the trade deadline please like don't give us yeah, six right after the trade deadline. we don't need more question marks in our fantasy lineups please no, I, think schedulers. That, I think that makes a lot of sense yeah huh interesting uh, but no, again but... the schedulers don't look at that they just go oh this is what works for us and they've got their whole algorithm and fine but they could they could make it work like they have complete control <laughs> they can make it work you can just shift some for sure around. for sure um so it's just one of those wonky things right it's it's a game that should have been great, right? Baltimore, New Orleans were thought to be good games. It's funny looking at the schedulers because, right, the Eagles have no primetime games this year except for, like, two, but it's like Dallas-Philly was going to be a primetime game regardless because it's a good matchup. They're really a year behind, so next year Philly's going to get a ton of primetime games because they're really good this year. Yeah. Last year, Denver was supposed to, like Denver was good, and they were supposed to be really good with Russell Wilson, so they scheduled them a bunch. So it's like it's all based on perception, not on reality, so next year it'll catch up. But not a great game Monday night, but I think you can still start a lobby for the Saints. And I think you can start Andy Dalton if you're in a if you're desperate and definitely if you're in a two quarterback league, you know what you're gonna get. It's not huge production, but he's gonna get you seventeen to twenty-five points. No, for sure. I think with, with all the teams on on by, I think I think Dalton definitely is a viable uh, QB two in, in those super flex leagues. Uh, the one position group I didn't touch on, so I apologize for that. Is is the Ravens' uh, backfield? So Kenyon Drake and Gus Edwards. You just want to like pull your hair out there. I mean. Gus Edwards was very productive with the touches he had, but he didn't, I think he only had 11 carries. Um, and then he got, he got a little bit hurt. Uh, he, he got a little hurt again there. Uh, so I believe he's questionable at this time. And then Kenyon Drake actually was, was, was pretty good in, in his relief. Um, I, I just don't know how confident I would start, how confident I would feel starting either one. Uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on, on the backfield there? Yeah, it's a lot like, kansas city where they have three guys they have gus right. edwards they have kenny Drake, they have justice hill 
and they all have very specific roles. And because of that, they never get enough volume and opportunities to really be viable. If I had to pick one, it's Gus Edwards. If he's healthy and starting, New Orleans can't stop people from scoring, right? Like everyone's putting up 30 some points on New Orleans. New Orleans is putting up 30 some points on everyone, it seems. I think that bodes well for Kenyon Drake on some level because he is mixed in a little more on those jet sweeps and those, you know, bubble screens. Very much like Duvernay, they kind of interchange them. Obviously, Duvernay's not in the backfield, but you see Kenyon Drake on these like jet sweeps in motion. So if it's a close game late, I could see him in. I think Gus Edward is the pounding guy if they're trying to establish a run, trying to eat up some game clock, but I'm not sold on either of them. I think they're both flex-worthy plays this week um, with maybe some higher upside there if they score a touchdown or two, right? Gus Edwards could score two touchdowns easily. Oh, for um, sure, yeah. And so could so could Drake, right? Either of them could just have amazing games, but also could Lamar Jackson, like when he could just take <laughs> off and be the leading rusher for that team, yeah. and those two guys have nothing, right? So... I'm not confident in any of them. It's just not a game one, especially on Monday night. You don't want to go to the game going, I need, I need 15 points and I've got Gus Edwards. You're going, yeah. If you're up (laughs) by 15, you go, okay, you're, you need five points. You go, okay, cool. I've got Gus Edwards. He'll probably get it, but just not someone I'm counting on to give you a ton of production, low floor, low ceiling guys. So it's just a wash because they're just all interchanged in there. Right now, hundred percent, and of course we want uh, J.K. Dobbins back and healthy. At, at least we I sure do. do. Yeah, I do too. Sure. <laughs> I have my, my Scott Fishbowl team lost Dobbins, and then last week lost Zeke, Jamar Chase, Lazard, Man. Debo, and I had someone else on a bye. So I'm rolling with Josh Allen and Mac Jones are my starters. And I've got Olave has been carrying me and I'm 12 and four and I just need one more win to make the playoffs. So there we go. Okay. But I was 12 and two going into last week and I lost by like four points. So it was super close. So hopefully this week I can scoop up that one more win to make the playoffs and just kind of get healthy. Oh, that's Dobbins, Dobbins coming back would be great. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So that does it for the primetime games. Uh, what we're going to do at this point is answer some listener start sick questions. So, Every Wednesday, I put out a tweet asking about if there's any fantasy questions or quandaries that I can help you with and my guest uh, can help you with. So uh, we're just going to run through these and uh, just want to thank you all again for asking and best of luck uh, ahead of time. So first one comes from at Harding underscore three. He, of course, is a he is a friend of the show. He's been on a couple of these episodes here. So Axton asks in a four point per pass touchdown league. He's looking at Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr. Mariota is facing the L.A. Chargers and Derek Carr is facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, initially, I had a very quick answer and then I had to kind of double check it because my quick answer was Derek Carr, although he just played absolutely miserably against the Saints last week. Confidence is, is a little uh, shook, but it is uh, the Jaguars. So I think I am going back to the well and going with, with Derek Carr here. Marcus Mariota is in an interesting position, but they just really, really love to run the ball <laughs> in Atlanta. So it's like if you don't get a rushing touchdown from Mariota, I think probably Derek Carr probably has a better probability of outscoring him. What are your thoughts on that one? So I like you quick answer was Carr, despite his <laughs> horrible play has the better receiver in Devonte Adams. That's right. Um, but then I dug into it and I ended up with Mariota. Um, okay. Mariota's playing the chargers. 
Carr's playing Jacksonville. Obviously, Carr is passing the ball 63% of their plays. Mariota, they're passing it 42% of the plays. So a lot less volume there. Defenses are pretty similar. It's 13th most points, 14th most points. For me, it's about game scripts. I don't see – I see Carr and the Raiders getting up on Jacksonville early and then rushing the ball late in games where I mm. see Mariota and the Falcons having to pass later again against the Chargers, who I think are going to put up a ton of points because that their defense is horrible. So the Chargers are just going to score all over them, so they're going to have to pass. Um, sure. Possibly possibly gets Cordero Patterson back this week, who definitely gives them another weapon. Kyle Pitts has been pretty good. I think Drake London's going to start coming on with Patterson back. So I lean the upside of Mario just because I think the game <laughs> script for Carr will lean towards running the ball late in the third, fourth quarter. Okay. No, I, th- I think that, that that's extremely fair. Yeah, I like that. And then at It's Just Fantasy underscore another friend of the show. He's been on uh, the – he was on – back on the uh, Miami Dolphins show that, that we did over the summer. So Tony asks uh, Robert Tunyon uh, going up against the Detroit Lions or Tyler Conklin of the Jets, of course, uh, going up against the Buffalo Bills, your Buffalo Bills, in a PPR uh, half-point tight end premium league. Uh, you going with Tunyon or are you going with Conklin? It's tough to play anybody against the Bills, but I'm going Conklin. Um, he's played over 75% of the team snaps basically six weeks this year. Tunyon's playing under 70% every week except for week one. So just not out there a ton enough for me to be right. viable. Um, the Packers offense, I'm in green. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. I, I'm on there on TV every week. I have to watch them. They just don't look good. And he's the third option there on a not great offense. Conklin seems like he's the second option on a not that great offense as well. Um, Buffalo is not super great against tight ends. So I'll take Conklin there for the upside again, game script, probably going to be down. Oh, yeah. Going to need to pass. I think Conklin's there. He lost some snaps to Uzama a couple weeks ago, but he seems to be coming back on. Zach Wilson has come out and said he doesn't care about snaps and all these things. And he's just going to go out there and sling it. So he's going to go out and sling it regardless of what happens. And for some reason, Robert Sala came out and said Joe Flacco's the third and Mike White's the two for no like no one was asking that question, but he said it anyway. I think just to give Zach Wilson the confidence like Flacco's not over his shoulder, even though Flacco probably should be starting at this point. But give yeah. me Conklin right now. Okay. I I I yeah, I, I was thinking back to to that little point of uh, emphasis you said like you like the tight ends for the second option um and conklin definitely is that compared to tunyon uh i, I was leaning tunyon here as long as rogers is healthy i would would kind of lean on the uh upside of just a better quality passer against detroit who everyone just like steamrolls but i think definitely solid process on conklin there uh that was another one where i kind of uh debated pretty heavily it's tough um, it's a tough one yeah. and i don't think there's probably any better options out there for you on waivers um unless you can get like i mean evan ingram shouldn't be on your waivers so you're right. probably stuck with those two guys if you're have if you have two tight ends on your roster you probably ha- don't have good ones on waivers so i would go with conklin over tonyan but it is pretty close gotcha gotcha very nice uh another uh onesie or a couple more onesies here uh at num nine number asks in a ppr with the context of having cd lamb on by he asks uh devonta smith against the houston texans on thursday night or adam thielen against the washington commanders 
So in this one, I'm going Devonta Smith and just hoping, you know, that uh, he is involved in hopefully the early half of the game uh, scoring surge. Uh, that is what I would be uh, wanting to count on here. Um, I think Adam Thielen gets a little bit of a dip in value just with TJ Hawkinson around. I think that could be less volume look going his way. Overall, I mean, I, I still am a big uh, Adam Thielen guy, uh, but in this in this particular week, I would be going with Devonta Smith over Thielen. Uh, do you feel any differently? I do. It seems like we don't agree on any of these. I went Thielen. <laughs> um, Washington's okay. giving up the sixth most points to wide receivers. Houston actually is giving up the 28th uh, most, so they're pretty good against wide receivers. Past three weeks, there are 21 targets for Thielen, 24 for Devonta Smith. But routes run, it's 114 for Thielen and 98 for Devonta Smith. Okay. Philly's Philly's also running the ball or passing the ball 48% of the time. Minnesota's passing it 62% of the time. So more more opportunities for volumes for Thielen. Um, They're both the number two in that that offense, obviously behind A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson. Um, But give me the team that – give me the guy that's running a few more routes, seen a few less targets, but it's not significant. It's three targets, but it's – almost 20 some routes um just under 20 yeah. routes but also passing the ball a lot more so there's gonna be a lot more opportunity which is why he has more routes right because they're passing the ball so just an opportunity for more volume there so give me Thielen. i do think it is very close i think they're both solid wide receiver twos but i'll take Thielen. um hope he gets in the end zone okay i love it uh yeah another uh onesie here is at daryl Doc, he asks Kyle Pitts against the LA Chargers or Dallas Goddard against the Houston Texans. Um, I initially answered uh, the uh, I initially answered Dallas Goddard, and then hearing your comments about how that game can flow and Goddard being like the second or the the, the the third option, the passing game. I'm now having second thoughts. Although Kyle Pitts has been uh, a bit of a nightmare. On the on the whole here uh, this season, which which, which way are you leaning on this one? I went Pitts. Um, again, back to my thought that Goddard's the third option. Pitts is really the one in yeah. that option. Um, Texans are twenty second in points to the tight end, fifteenth uh, for whoever Pitts is playing, which is at the Chargers Rams or. I can't read my notes. I circled it. But oh, the Chargers, yeah. The Chargers. Kyle Pitts should have three weeks of scoring. He didn't score two weeks ago, but he was stopped like on the goal line. Like looking at those replays, it I don't know how they decided he didn't score there against Cincinnati. If they give them a touchdown, no one's worried about Kyle Pitts because that'd be three weeks of scoring. Everybody go, Kyle Pitts is what we thought he was. People will be doing their victory laps. Like we told you, Kyle Pitts. Like he should have three weeks of scoring there. I'm riding that hot hand. I'm taking the one in an offense over the three in an offense. Um, again, in a game where they're going to be behind, the game script's probably going to have to be passing where Goddard could get you know, phased out with running the ball later in the game. So I went Pitts. I think talent-wise, Pitts is – they're different styles of players. They're obviously both tight ends. Tight ends. Pitts, I think, <laughs> yeah. is just the better talent out there on the field. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Love that answer. Um, let's see. We'll go to at triathlete chef. He has uh, a couple questions here. He, he presents, uh, options for a, a tight end streamer of the options he listed. Um, 
really the main one that stuck out to me was uh, Tyler Conklin. And I think you would agree there. Uh, he mentions Logan Thomas, Brock Wright, who's the new Lions uh, starting uh, tight end, uh, presumably. Uh, will Disley of the Seattle Seahawks, Juwan Johnson of the Saints, Cole Komet of the Bears, or Tyler Conklin? So I went Conklin um, pretty quickly there, I think, based on our discussion um against the bills. I think you would tend to agree with that. Or would you go with any of those other tight ends? I actually went commit over Conklin. I went back and okay. forth and two in them again, the second option in that offense, right? Yes, they did bring over Claypool, but I'm not sure he's going to be up to speed this week. For sure. Chicago has gotten better. Fields is actually like the quarterback two over the past, like four weeks or three weeks. It's kind of crazy the way that offense yeah. turned around. Komet's yep. seen targets. He's run a ton of routes. They're giving up the ninth most points to tight ends. Um, so I went with him for that one. I just think it's he's second on the team in routes run and third on the team in targets. I think he'll jump to two this week just with Equinemius St. Brown is currently two in targets, but he's going to lose snaps to Claypool. So I think Claypool cannibalize him, but I think Komet can step up. I just like where that Bears offense is going. So I went there. I think you just get that upside. Komet finally scored last week. So I think they're turning things around. I think they're figuring things out there in Chicago. So I wouldn't commit over Conklin, but I think you can't go wrong with either of them. Gotcha. All right. Good. And then uh, Flex PPR, uh, he needs one of the following. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire against the Titans. Donta Foreman against the Bengals. Eno Benjamin against the Seahawks. Or Darryl, or Darnell Mooney against the Dolphins. Um, in this one, I went with Donta Foreman with the... Uh, Let's see, with the uh, assumption that um, Hubbard uh, uh, is out. So if Foreman is getting the volume that he's gotten uh, last week and then in relief of Hubbard from the previous week, that is what I would think I would feel the most confident in uh, of those options. You know, Benjamin is still a pretty tempting option if if Connor doesn't suit up like he has in the last two weeks. Uh, Darnell Mooney has been a little bit better against the the Dolphins where that that defense can be a little bit um, exposed. Um, and then CEH, we have a pretty clear understanding. It's maybe no more than 10 points for him uh, is, is what we're figuring. Uh, wh where are you leaning on this one? So I agree with you that I leaned Foreman, uh, right? Obviously, you continue on Hubbard being out. I still think with Hubbard being in there, I'd pick him. I went back and forth between Foreman and Mooney. But based okay. on me recommending Komet, I didn't want to do Komet and Mooney. Um, so this is really specific to this team only of, I didn't want to start both bears options. So gotcha. if you wanted to go Conklin and Mooney over Komet Foreman, I don't mind that. Um, but I went Foreman because I already recommended Komet basically in that question of he's going to start committed as tight end. And then he's going to start Foreman in his flex. I do think the volumes there, uh, we've already talked about CEH, how I don't like him. Eno Benjamin's interesting, but hasn't been great. Um, and that offense gets a little bit better. I mean, Hopkins is still soaking up a ton of targets. Kyler seems a little more confident. Um, I didn't check the Call of Duty schedule, like if it's double XP weekend or not. Um, <laughs> but I think we're good because it just came out. So probably not. So I think we should. So I went for him. And I think that volume's there. He's been playing really well. And he can slot in. If you slot in your flex where a lot of people picked him up on waivers and are starting him as their RB2 this week. So you, you have that luxury of putting him in your flex. Um, and I think you're going to do all right there. Not a great offense that doesn't have much. It's Foreman and DJ Moore are the two options for that offense. So he's yeah. going to be involved early and probably often because they just don't have many other weapons there. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. That's great. 
All right, now we're going to go on to at Bearded Shotgun, uh, looking at picking two in standard scoring. He lists uh, David Montgomery going up against the Dolphins. He just mentioned Robinson, so I don't know if that means Brian Robinson or Allen Robinson. So in this example, I just was assuming it was or James Robinson. I took it as James Robinson. Okay, okay. Doesn't change my answer if it's Brian Robinson or Allen Robinson, if that makes a difference. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, same here. And then uh, Devin Singletary against the Jets, Tyler uh, Allegier against the Chargers, AJ Dillon against the Lions and Pacheco against the Titans. Where are you leaning on uh, these two for standard scoring? So I took it as James Robinson on the Jets playing Bills D. Didn't like that at all. Um, even yep. though they're giving up the 29th most points to running backs, I think it's still not his backfield fully there. It's yep. going to be mixed with him, Michael Carter. Don't love Dave Montgomery. I think they have to at some point make that switch to Khalil Herbert. He's the clearly, if you watch the games, he's clearly the better rusher. The coaches yeah. have to realize that they're changing the offense and they're getting young. I'm really surprised Dave Montgomery didn't get traded. Um, so I think Herbert's just going to eat into Mon- Montgomery's work. So I went Algier and Singletary. I might have some Bills buys, but 21st um, most points to running back. So not great going against the Jets. But because they'll be up early, I think the Bills will. They'll just run the ball later. They do now have um, Hines. Hines. I don't know. He's not a rusher. He's just a pass catcher. I don't see him getting line. So I still see Singletary getting the work early and often. Um, yep. And then I like out here. He's getting uh, the Chargers second most points to running backs. Um, they're running the second most passing plays. Um, so it's just a great matchup for Algier. A little less if Patterson plays. I don't think Patterson does. He came back to pra- practice day. I think they give him another week. Um, Caleb Huntley has played decently, but isn't getting a ton of snaps. So I think it's still out right. of his backfield. Um, AJ Dillon has just been a disappointment this year. Can't start him against Detroit. Yep. And Isaiah Pacheco is going against Tennessee, 28th most points to the running back. So not a great matchup. And again, we talked about CH. We talked about this a lot. They're just getting mixed in. So I went out here in Singletary. Where did you go? That's exactly who I went with as well. We agree um, again. Yeah, did they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, always tempted to go with Montgomery, but it's just not the same Montgomery that that we've known before. I do think it's just a matter of time, like you said, until it's the, until it's uh, until the backfield belongs to Herbert, uh, for sure. But I went with Singletary and Algier as well, and and the AJ Dillon thing. It's like uh, of all the weeks, like this would be just such a juicy matchup, like uh, on a normal like kind of a season or like a typical. You know, they're giving like, up the third most points to running backs. Detroit is, but it's it's Aaron Jones' backfield, and Dillon just yep. hasn't looked good. And that offensive line isn't great. Um, that's yeah. probably part of it. So yeah, I just right. can't trust him right now. He hasn't done anything recently. For sure, for sure. All right. This next one comes from at Chimichanga44. <laughs> he asked uh, to pick two, uh, one for his wide receiver, two, and a flex spot. He asked, he he lists uh, Garrett Wilson at the at the or against uh, the Bills, as well as Michael Carter against the Bills, uh, Devin Singletary against the Jets in that same matchup, Allen Robinson against the Buccaneers. Josh Palmer against the Falcons and Robert Woods against the Chiefs. So I was pretty quick to eliminate uh, Robert Woods uh, from that. Um, Allen Robinson, although he's been coming on a little bit more lately the last two weeks. I mean, we're still talking five catches, six and seven targets. There's still not a ton there. I can kind of 
cross him off. Don't really love uh, him going up against Tampa Bay. Um, Josh Palmer, I think is very interesting, especially if Mike Williams is still out and Keenan Allen uh, continues to be out from a pure volume standpoint uh, in what could be a very high scoring affair. Bottom line is I went with Michael Carter and Joshua Palmer uh, Carter, just for maybe some of that pass catching upside if they're behind to the bills. Uh, Where did you go with these two? Uh, I definitely went Josh Palmer. He's a must start this week. Um, Atlanta's given up the most points to wide receivers. Probably no Keenan Allen. Definitely no Mike Williams. I think Palmer and Gerald Everett are smash starts on that offense. The land defense can't stop anybody. They're going to put up probably 40 plus points on them. And Josh Palmer is probably going to get a ton of that. There's just not a good corner on Atlanta that can shut him down. So he was a smash start. He was the one I picked right away. Like you, I eliminated Robert Woods right away. And then I looked at the two Jets and knew if I was going to take one, it wasn't going to be Michael Carter. So I eliminated him. Garrett Wilson, I think, is the one overall on that team as far as if they have to give the ball. If they have one play to give the ball to someone, it's it's definitely Garrett Wilson at this point. Um, So that eliminated Michael Carter for me. I like Singletary. I think he's going to be good. But I went Allen Robinson instead. Um, okay. He's had two weeks of solid production. Even week one where he was nowhere to be found on the stat sheet. Like I watched that game field three times and watched every snap and watched down Robinson. And he was open in almost all those plays. It just looked like Stafford didn't have the trust in him or his arm. And Stafford is gaining that back. I think his arm is not healthier, but it seems like he's managing it more. And he's more, he understands what his arm is. I think he came to the season not trusting his arm. He lacked some zip. He didn't really know what he could and couldn't do. I think now he's at the point where he knows what he can and can't do with his arm and what throws he can and can't make. And Cup and Robinson are adjusting to that, and they're and the game plan is adjusting that. So he's had two solid weeks of production. It's hard to get away from someone who's had two good weeks as a wide receiver three. Um, so I went Palmer and Allen Robinson for this, for this one. Gotcha. Yeah, no. Um, another thing to just monitor is that Cooper Cup uh, is yep. questionable. He's got he's got the the a little bit of a banged up ankle there. Um, Van Jefferson is also still questionable. He has not fully returned to the field as of yet. So it could be a sneaky opportunity to get to get some more volume there for Allen Robinson. And, and I hope and Tyler, so. Because... And Tyler Higby's banged up ish. Um, okay. I do like the Van Jefferson's back. Um, I think they're just going to, they're going to get the ball to Robinson. I think they've worked out some of those kinks that happened early in the season where Robinson kind of disappeared and everybody was disappointed. I think he's going to start making this late stretch. We'll see if the Rams make a, a move at wide receiver, if they can sign Odell, which doesn't seem like it sounds like he's coming to the bills, um, but there's still Will Fuller. There's still some other options out there. So, but for now I'm riding out. and I'm riding that hot hand right now. I love it. All right. Last question here uh, from from the listeners uh, comes from at Jamie underscore FF addict two. basically he's asking for like a rest of season uh, question here. So he he rattles off uh, actually three rookies for redraft. Okay, Um, Wanda Robinson, Romeo Dubes and Brian Robinson. So. I think what he was also was insinuating was that he may have to drop one of these to kind of add some other, I think a, like, like a, um, I think a, uh, a defense streamer of some sort. So like of those three, who would you feel most comfortable dropping this week, but also who would you like the best uh, rest of season? Wandell Robinson of the giants, uh, Romeo Dubes of the Packers and Brian Robinson of the commanders. If I'm picking one, it's Romeo Dubes. 
Um, the past two weeks, he's run 62 routes. So has Wando Robinson, but he's playing more snaps. Um, the Packers didn't go get a wide receiver um, at the trade deadline, which was telling that I think they like him. Uh, Lazard is banged up, should play. Christian Watson's banged up. So Dubs had some big drops, but it's still getting the passes. And we know Rodgers is iffy with you know <laughs> confidence in guys, but he keeps going back to Dubs. And had Dubs caught a couple of those big ones, he has bigger days, and I think we are less less worried about him. So, again, the number two in an offense on a good offense – well, not a good offense, a, a good potential offense with a great quarterback. Wandale's on a winning team. Not really the one. He's behind Saquon Barkley. He's probably yep. behind Darius Slayton. He isn't playing a ton of snaps. Um, and then if I'm dropping one, it's Brian Robinson. Great story. Love the fact that he came back. But he has not looked good, and he has not played well. And Antonio Gibson's still getting a ton of snaps. I'm letting him go and letting that line, that landmine sit out there for someone else to pick up because someone else is going to pick him up and start him and then get eight points from him, and they're going to go, he only got 10 carries. It's like, yeah, if you look at the past weeks, he's only gotten eight carries. So it's not going to yeah. be like this. He's not – he has taken over the backfield like we talked about in the preseason. Right before right. his gunshot incident, he was taught there was like, oh, he's going to take over. Gibson's done. He's returning kicks. And Gibson's still really involved, and they just don't seem to. He still looks a little he... not hesitant. He still looks like a little shaky, right? Obviously, he's still healing from those gunshot wounds, and it was a tragic accident. But he's just not getting the snaps. He's not getting the volume. So I'm taking Dubs rest of the season. I'm taking Dubs this week. And if I had to drop one, I'm dropping Robinson. I think you can get a running back like that off waivers some other time. I don't yeah. know if you can get Dubs or Wandale back on waivers. I don't. I think Robinson gets picked up, but there's a better chance of him getting back to you than one of these other wide receivers who have this bigger upside. No, for sure. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it, it's tremendous. He's even being able to play on the field, as you mentioned. Um. But definitely has struggled with the the efficiency with the work he's gotten. Uh. Overall, like basically in that Thursday night game from a couple weeks ago, it was the volume and he got the touchdown because, um. Velas Jones Jr. muffed the punt muffed like the punt. deep nope. in, into well, what would have been then uh, Washington uh, into Washington territory. He did convert the touchdown, but but without that, it would have been just a brutal. It would have been you know, a brutal 15 game. carry, you know, fifty-five yard um, out, and it's just not not really ideal. So the touchdown saved his day. Uh, I initially said you could drop. Wando Robinson only because it's the bye week this week, but you'd have to hope you get him back. But I think you're onto something about probably won't be in as much of a there won't be as much of a um sense of urgency to be quick to pick up um brian robinson with the amount of um work that uh gibson has gotten in, in the last two weeks for sure so uh yeah i think either either one of those uh could be dropped uh, for sure and i was in agreement with you in that romeo dubs is the uh best of the bunch here rest of season for sure since you brought up Vellis Jones, a little interesting fact, they just traded for Chase Claypool, who is two months younger than Vellis Jones, which I was <laughs> absolutely been in the league about. for three years. Yeah, uh, it's it, I know the Vellis Jones jokes get old, but it's still staggering that Claypool's two months younger than him. And he's been in the league. I mean, I know Claypool came out young, but like, yeah, that's staggering. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. Yeah, that there is. I remember like a similar uh, sentiment was um, going around with like. Najee Harris because like obviously he's like a really great player but he came into the league as like a 23 year old or something where like I think um 
the I think Benny Snell, like the backup, has yeah. been in the league for like three or four years at this point, and he's still only like ten days older or something. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy, it's, just, yeah. it's some insane like age difference. But yeah, it's when it's like just like uh, so ridiculous. But yeah. I, I do understand why the Bears wanted to focus on on defense in the early part of the draft, but it's just like that they said so so many wide receivers to to pick from. But I mean that they 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 did get a good safety in in Brisker, but man, it's like you just want to build around your your quarterback, and it's like they just man Joe. I mean, it just I, I it's just such an egregious pick. It's like oh my it, God. it was an egregious pick, and he uh, just hasn't. But conversely, like when we going into into the season, you know. Bellis Jones was an afterthought, but everybody was high on Jalen Tolbert for Dallas yeah. and David Bell, and they're not playing at all. At least Bellis Jones is playing. I mean, Jalen Tolbert true. hasn't yeah, seen the true. field, and David Bell has barely seen the field. So, yep. you know, those guys were super hyped, and Bellis Jones was like, ah, old jokes. But he's he he has a chance to really come on on that team when right, he has to compete with Dante Pettis and Byron Pringle and Equinemus State Brown, right, to be yeah. that three. I think he's... He's got he's got the chance to be something decent on that team if that team continues to grow and learn this season. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, yeah, so uh, that does it for 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 the listener questions. So again, we thank everyone for asking those. Um, Great questions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, you'll you'll be the ones who'll be pressing us submit. But I think uh, Dustin and I both laid out our cases for uh, the the people that that we did not always see eye to eye on, which is fine. There's more perspective on it, the better. But best of luck to you all as you uh, play your matchups this week. And thanks again for asking. Uh, so, Dustin, uh, we are going to send you away now, unfortunately. It's so Aww. sad. But I do want to just have you uh, uh, re-mention what your content is, where people can find you, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the DUnit13. Um, I try to stay as active as I can. Feel free to drop me a message with your questions. Uh, Sit-start article for QB list will be out Thursday morning, usually around 9 uh, a.m. Eastern time give or take we do also post it on the fantasy football subreddit um so every game every player we try to answer questions um i'll retweet it on my twitter but you can check me out on twitter find me on qb list um you can subscribe to uh it's actually pitcher list plus which is our baseball side but it gets you access to our discord we have a pretty active discord where we answer questions uh it's like eight dollars a month um so if you're in the mood to spend some money and get on the discord and hop in we'd love it um but yeah check me on twitter and be looking for other articles like i said i just did uh trade deadline winners and losers and i got a dynasty monthly dynasty article uh it's called the future forecast where i give you five dynasty players that are free now that'll pay dividends next year so had you read the article last year you would have picked up josh palmer last year for free and he'd be paying dividends this year for you so he was one of my big hits but some other guys are on there that you know have done well so tyquan thornton was in october's uh uh batch that came out so Came out right before he had his, you know, good week. And then uh, Sam Howell, the quarterback for uh, Washington's on there. So, again, potential starter next year. So, just try to give you guys some diamonds in the rough that are basically free for Dynasty. So, be look on that. You can check those out on the list or on QB list or on my uh, Twitter. And I'll be coming out with November probably in a few weeks here. Awesome. And be sure to follow Dustin so you can keep yeah, up give with, me a follow. His, with his podcast guest tour that he'll be embarking on in the the 40th year of his life yes, so saying, yeah so you can check, me awesome. some other, check me out on some <laughs> other podcasts and uh i'll let yep. you guys know where i'm gonna be and hopefully i get some more books soon and we'll uh we'll see where we go from here it's gonna be a fun uh, adventure awesome. so join along on twitter with me and 
follow along. You'll get some new podcasts you can subscribe to and some new content. So that's what's fun about it. Absolutely. All right, Dustin. Well, um, best of luck to you in, in your leagues and to your bills, of course, and yes. uh, appreciate you coming on. Hey, good luck to your Eagles. And hopefully by the time we get done this, you'll look and the Phillies have one uh, game four and they're up two to one and right. three to one. And you'll right. be one game away from the World Series and maybe you'll get a World Series and a Super Bowl appearance, uh, but a loss to the Bills in the Super Bowl. But at least one championship <laughs> for Philly would be good for you this year. So best Absolutely. of luck in all of your 20 leagues and uh, your Phillies and Eagles. I appreciate that. All right, sir. Thanks for coming on. And it was great having you. Thank you. You got it. All right. He he was fantastic, wasn't he? Uh, so what we're going to get into now uh, will be the rest of the games of, of the week nine matchups. Um, starting with the Sunday early slates, uh, we're going to be going through the uh, trust if you must and bust uh, breakdown of the um, the uh, system that, that that I had introduced into the articles last year. So um, in the early slate, we, we covered a lot of these players in the in the listener start sick questions. Uh, we have the Chargers at the Falcons. I think on the Chargers side of the ball, uh, you are obviously starting Justin Herbert, Joshua Palmer, definitely Austin Eckler and Gerald Everett. A lot of the other players in that offense, probably not start worthy, but you can definitely trust all your chargers of that core four on the Atlanta Falcons side of the ball. I think Marcus Mariota is a super flex option. Kyle Pitts is, is a trust at the tight end position. Uh, Drake London is more of an, if you must borderline bust and uh, Tyler Algier is an interesting running back that I think is an, if you must uh, option over there, more of a deeper flex play. Moving on to the Dolphins at the Chicago Bears. We did discuss uh, some of these players already, uh, but on the Dolphins side, I'm, I'm starting most of the Dolphins. Uh, definitely Tua, Tua, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Tyree Kill, and Jalen Waddle. Mike Gesicki is kind of borderline uh, at, at this point, even with the bye weeks. He's just a player that um, is very hit or miss. He's either getting a, a pretty big game or a pretty down game uh, going up against the Bears here. Uh, the, the running back options, I think uh, you can feel okay about Raheem Mostert. Uh, they did bring in Jeff Wilson as part of the uh, trade deadline deal and sent Chase Edmonds away. So uh, not wanting to start Jeff Wilson at this point, but uh, Raheem Mostert, I think you could hold on to uh, as a deep flex play, at least for this week, as Jeff Wilson uh, gets brought on board, uh, probably slowly but surely. Then on the Chicago Bears side of the ball, Justin Fields is a trust. Uh, Khalil Herbert is an if-you-must option, as well as David Montgomery. And then the pass catchers uh, are also if-you-must options, and that'll be uh, Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Keep your eye on Chase Claypool. I think once he gets um, introduced into this offense more, he was another uh, trade deadline mover. I think he will be an interesting asset to the offense overall. Definitely will help Justin Fields, but uh, definitely not ready to start him just in this first week as a Chicago Bear. Moving on to the Carolina Panthers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, on the Panthers side of the ball, you're starting DJ Moore. You're starting Dante Foreman, especially if uh, if uh, Chuba Hubbard is out. Uh, I think Philip Walker or PJ Walker is a uh, borderline flex play this week. Um, 
or, or a super flex play, I should say. Um, on the Cincinnati Bengals side of the ball, you're starting all your healthy Bengals. So that's Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Hayden Hurst. I wouldn't shy away from, from starting any of those. Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions on the Lions side of the ball. Uh, De- De- DeAndre Swift is looking like he may be out once again. He is questionable here in the middle of the week, so keep your eye on his availability. If he's active, he's just a player I can't help but not get into my lineup. So he is a starter if he's active. Um, just maybe have to minimize the the expectations there just with, with the nature of his injuries and Jamal Williams presence who is a trustworthy option uh either way if if Swift is in or out um as far as the pass catchers go uh, Amon Ross St. Brown obviously is a trust option Brock Wright who is the new uh tight end the the starting tight end he is a very deep if you must option uh borderline even rosterable just in the deepest of, of dynasty leagues uh and especially like tight end premium would he even be considered um uh, rosterable at this point uh TJ Hawkinson uh is no longer a a Detroit Lion. He was uh, traded to the Vikings uh, during the trade deadline. Packers side of the ball. Aaron Rodgers is a super flex play as far as I'm concerned. And Aaron Jones is a trust. Uh, I think Romeo uh, Dubs is an if you must like flex option uh, as well as Robert Tunyon is an if you must uh, tight end option. But again, with all the teams on by, uh, you could probably do a lot worse than Robert Tunyon at this point. Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. Patriots side of the ball. The trust options are Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers. Mac Jones is more of a super flex. Um, Damian Harris is still uh, a bit questionable, even uh, if he is active. He's probably a bust at this point. Don't really want to get him into a starting lineup if we could help it. Uh, So outside of Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson, just not a lot of Patriots. I really feel comfortable starting there. On the Colts side of the ball, uh, Jonathan Taylor is an obvious trust if he's active. Michael Pittman is a trust regardless of who the quarterback is. Sam Ellinger, I'm not comfortable starting once again, especially against the New England Patriots. I do not like that whatsoever. Uh, So really outside of Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, don't want to start any Colts. Uh, Deion Jackson is a name to keep on your radar. Uh, He has been mentioned on the show before. He's just more of a bust option at this point. He's definitely uh, worthy of being on your roster, but um, can't really start him yet unless Jonathan Taylor is out because it'll basically just be him. Maybe Jordan Wilkins, you know, he, he's kind of an old timer or no, not, not like an old timer, but like an old favorite, uh, in the fantasy community. Um, but yeah, definitely won't want to limit your, your, um, expectations there, especially Jonathan Taylor's in, of course, as we discussed, uh, Naeem Hines is on the bills now. So not much in, uh, Deion Jackson's way, uh, aside from Jonathan Taylor, who's just banged up. So just want to keep your eye out for that. Speaking of Naeem Hines on the Buffalo bills, they are visiting the New York jets. So on the Bills side, you're starting uh, a lot of your bills. Uh, Josh Allen, obviously Stefan Diggs, obviously I think you can still roll out Gabriel Davis, uh, not starting. Naeem Hines this week. I think you can start uh, Devin Singletary, uh, not starting Hines just because it's his first week with the team. I can't imagine he's going to get a big uh, workload if he's even active at all. Um, 
don't necessarily need to throw them out there against the Jets is what I'm thinking. I think the Bills will just, you know, handily beat the Jets here. Then on the Jets side of the ball, we did mention uh, Tyler Conklin as a tight end play. I think Michael Carter is a flex option as well as Garrett Wilson uh, outside of them. Uh, I think you're not going to want to have high expectations for any of these players because it is going up against the bill. So Zach Wilson is just barely a super flex option. I think he could be a, a bench though uh, in this one. Minnesota Vikings at the Washington Commanders. You're starting all your Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook for sure. Uh, new tight end TJ Hawkinson has a ton of opportunity with Irv Smith uh, Jr. now on IR, but this is with his first week with the team. Uh, if you have him, uh, you may not have another choice but to start him just with how many teams are on by so that one is just kind of a tricky situation there uh then on the washington commander side of the ball i actually think that antonio gibson is an interesting uh, flex type of a play but more of an if you must uh taylor heineke the quarterback is a super flex option and uh wide receivers terry mclaren and curtis samuel remain um starters samuel is more of a flex play uh, with Jahan Dotson out. Keep your eye on Logan Thomas. Uh, he may be returning this week um, to the, the field, but uh, definitely want to limit the um, expectations just with, with the first week back there. But if he's healthy and he's fully active, good to go, he would be a starting caliber tight end. Just may be a little bit risky here and is uh, as he's slowly coming back from the injury. Then we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's a big bounce back opportunity for the Raiders offense after their absolute stinker against the Saints in week eight. Uh, I would still would be kind of begrudgingly trusting Derek Carr, although he can, he could be more borderline, but more, more of a super flex just because just the game last week just put a horrible taste in your mouth. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs, you can go back to trusting as well as Devontae Adams, of course. Uh, keep your eye on Darren Waller. If he is out, I think you can still utilize Foster Moreau as a deeper tight end play, more of an if-you-must option on the uh, Jaguars side of the ball. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a super flex play. You can still trust uh, Christian Kirk as a wide receiver and Evan Ingram as a tight end play. And then of course you're trusting uh, Travis Etienne. Uh, his um, booming couple of weeks here has been really just legitimately awesome to see. So you can definitely trust him as well. On now moving on to the Sunday later slates, uh, we have this. It's only two games. Uh, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we'll start with the Cardinals side of the ball. Uh, Kyler Murray are starting, uh, DeAndre Hopkins are starting, Zach Gertz are starting, all three of them with confidence. Uh, the running backs, it's kind of dicey. Uh, you got James Connor and Eno Benjamin. Uh, Connor uh, has not played in the last uh, two or three weeks, so when Eno Benjamin is in there getting a lot of the volume, you really like that uh, for him. So he he would be a starting option for sure against the Seahawks. Um, a little bit of uh, expectation management if James Conner is active. Seattle Seahawks side of the ball. Uh, they're starting wide receivers are all questionable and they were basically basically questionable going into the game against the giants and they all all did very well somehow it was like kind of ridiculous but basically I think like the lesson learned is like if your stud players for example, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are active. It's just really hard to not play them. 
It was a tricky thing because they always play in the later afternoon games. So if you have other decent options, uh, you may not want to take that chance in starting them. But they are all questionable once again. If they're active, you should feel confident starting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, especially Kenneth Walker. The running back is an absolute trust at this point, and Geno Smith will remain a super flex option. Last matchup of the week here is the Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers side of the ball, you can trust uh, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. I think Cade Otten, uh, once again, is a deeper, uh, if you must, tight end play. Anything outside of those core four, uh, you're not going to have a ton of confidence in. I still want to monitor what uh, Rashad White is, uh, how involved he will be in the offense and see if uh, Julio Jones can be active again. He may be a deeper flex option as well, although you won't feel great about it because he is still questionable once again uh, going uh, coming into this game. On the Rams side of the ball, just to wrap up the week here, uh, Matthew Stafford is a super flex option. Tyler Higby, if he's active, is a trustworthy tight end option. Allen Robinson is an if you must, uh, but definitely gets a bump up. It gets a tremendous boost up if uh, Cooper Cup is out or active yet uh, somewhat banged up. So could be an interesting opportunity here for Allen Robinson. Continue to monitor Van Jefferson, although you're not ready to start him yet at this point. And uh, the running backs there, it's been kind of a mess with Daryl Henderson leading the way. Uh, there is uh, another running back named Ronnie Rivers. He, he may be an interesting add uh, just as Cam Akers has not been uh, suiting up here uh, for the team. I think they were, were potentially were, were trying to move him at the trade deadline that they were unsuccessful in doing that. Uh, so it'd be very interesting to monitor this backfield. Really don't want to start any of them for, for fantasy right now. I just have a... a uh, an infatuation with Daryl Henderson, but I got to put that aside because it just has not been good even when he's had the... Um, the volume that he's gotten, it really hasn't even really been that much volume and not producing. So just kind of avoiding that backfield for now. Uh, so it's kind of a limited amount of options there on the Rams at this point. And just keep an eye out for uh, rookie uh, Kyron Williams, who is like a pass catching um, specialist who came, came out of Notre Dame. He's a very controversial um rookie prospect but but landed in a good spot but he's coming back from a uh from from a broken foot so he may be an interesting option especially if cam Akers just continues to be uh rolled out here uh for the offense there's kind of a bizarre uh situation there but just some interesting things to uh keep in mind uh but that'll do it for uh week nine so best of luck, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. If, if you like uh, the video, uh, please subscribe to the channel and, and please go back there and, and follow Dustin and, and keep, uh, keep, keep, keep track of, of the content he's putting out and his podcast tour. We thank him for coming on once again. So good luck, everybody, and uh, keep climbing.